Excellent, excellent. Well, tonight I want to talk about this topic of fasting. Yeah, exactly what I thought would happen. <laughs> We're all like, "Woo, yeah, awesome. Yeah, uh, some of you just broke out into a cold sweat the moment I mentioned fasting. Some of you are like, uh, is it time to go to grilled yet or what's going on? Uh, so, some of you are like, yeah, what am I having tonight for dinner? Some of you are like, if I can get through the next 30 minutes and not be convicted, it's going to be good. I'm gonna, but I want to encourage you tonight around the, around the whole concept of fasting and God's plan around fasting. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, 17 and 18, Jesus said, when you fast, not if you fast, but when you fast, uh, do, do not appear to men to be fasting, but your father who is in secret place, your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. He's talking about private fasting, okay? But, and then there's another place he says, when you pray, and then he says, when you give. And Jesus spends some time talking about what I call the three weapons of mass destruction in the spirit realm. Three weapons of mass destruction. Three of the most powerful things that you can do as a Christian are pray, give, and fast. And, and one of the reasons that you know they're powerful, apart from the fact that Jesus said it, is the devil hates the concept that you're going to do these powerful spiritual things and your flesh hates the fact that you're going to do it. So it's like, oh no, I don't want to pray. I'm tired. I want to sleep in. I'm distracted. I don't want to give. I want that money. I want it for me. I don't want to fast. I like food. This is going to be painful. Your flesh fights it because it's so spiritually powerful. So spiritually powerful. Uh, you know, I want us to have a look here at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says this, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. Just keep that for a minute. So that the natural man is a person where God's Spirit doesn't live in them. So a natural person is someone who's never invited God into their life, never received Christ. And so that means oh, the Bible's mumbo-jumbo. It doesn't make sense. Spiritual things are just blah, 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 blah. It doesn't make sense because there's no, there's no spiritual life on the inside. So when we're all passionate about worshiping and experiencing God, the natural person goes, I don't get that. What were you doing? Because it's a spiritual thing and you only can discern spiritual things when God's spirit comes in you and brings your spirit alive. Okay, So that's the natural man. But if we go on to the next verse that I, that I put up, which was uh, 1 Corinthians uh, is it 3 verse 1 to 3, it says this, And brethren, I do not speak to you as... I, I, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. Okay, now there's some babes in Christ here tonight. I know some of you guys are here tonight looking for some babes in Christ. Just give me an amen. Oh, that was your big moment. Okay, anyway. It's all right. We'll get to that. Uh, maybe that's your breakthrough over the next 10 days. Okay, so there's the natural man, no spirit, no spirit. All right. Then over, over, uh, no spiritual life. Over here, there's a Christian, the spiritual person. So male or female, so this, the spiritual person. And there's two types of Christian. There's the carnal Christian, and this is what he's talking about. Brethren, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal. as to you're, you're Christians, but you're letting your flesh, your fleshly desires, your, the old way that you used to live, your flesh is pulling you around doing what it, what it wants to do. But I want to speak, he says to you, as spiritual people. Next verse. 
I, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you're not able to receive it. And even now you're not able to. Next verse. For you are still carnal, for where there is envy and strife and divisions are you among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? You're behaving like those who don't have the Spirit of God because of your backbiting and your carnality and your, your fighting. So you're, although, yes, you're saved, you're, you're actually missing out on everything that God really saved you for. You'll go to heaven. Yeah, because you're, you're, you are a Christian, but there's this whole life that God's got to you, for you to live. It's full of power. It's full of purpose. It's full of excitement. It's full of passion. It's full of miracles. There's all this stuff that God's got for you to live. But if you're going to live a carnal life, which is essentially doing everything that your flesh, your, your soul, something inside you wants to do, wants to eat all this stuff, wants to watch all this stuff, wants to do all this stuff. If you're going to live this carnal kind of life, you'll never really experience Experience the spiritual power and reality that God has created you for and that you got born again for. So fasting is one of the most powerful things that's going to launch you out of being a carnal Christian, not a carnivore, although that will might be you might be launched out of being a carnivore for the next 10 days. Oh, come on, that wasn't too bad. Not a non-meat eater. Work with me here. Work with me. Okay, so launch out of being a, car, a carnivore, a carnal Christian into, a, into an on-fire spiritual Christian. I, do, I, don't want, I don't want you to live your Christian life as just to tick the box. I do the minimum, but really I can't wait to get home to watch Netflix kind of Christian. I don't want you to be that person who's just looking for doing the minimum spiritual things that I can get away with that kind of gets me access into heaven. I want you to live the full life. I don't want you to be lukewarm. I want you to be hot. I don't want you to be out of fire just with little coals. I want you to be on fire for God. I don't want you to be just not reading the Word of God and just the only time you hear the Word is when someone preaches it. I want you to be devouring the Word of God, bringing life into your spirit. I want you to be on fire for God. Someone tell me, someone tells us that, the, the, like, let's talk about the millennial generation. How many millennials have we got in the house? Come on, give me a wave. What's the age group of a millennial? Got any experts here? Maybe let's say 18 to 30, probably 15 to 30. Well, who's, who's 15 to 30 in the house here tonight? Someone wants to tell you that you're the entitled generation. Someone wants to tell you that you just will take whatever's put on the plate for you, but you're not prepared to sacrifice. But I'm here to tell you, that's not, the, that's not the millennial generation I know, and I believe God's called us to be, and I say us because I'm not quite, but us here tonight. I believe God's called us to understand that sacrifice is the key to spiritual power and purpose, that sacrifice is the key to unlock all the things that God has for us. That's why prayer, giving, and fasting are so powerful. Your flesh will fight you, but I reckon there's a generation emerging in the world today who understand the power of sacrifice. Understand the power of fasting. Understand these power of what Jesus talked about. And we'll launch into it because they want to be on fire for God. I'm happy for the next 10 days to get some food out of your belly, to get some fire in your belly. That'll tweet right there. That will tweet if you tweet. That's so five minutes ago, but that'll Instagram or something. I could, I could say it again if you wanted to take it. No, anyway, sorry. I do. I don't want you to have, you know, I'm happy if you have food in your belly at different times, but I want fire. I want passion. I want people who are like, come on, what else can I do for you, God? How can I serve you with all of my heart? And how are you going to get fire in your belly? You're going to get it by fasting. 
You're going to get it by denying. It's the power of denying of the flesh is where your, your spirit's going to grow when you deny your flesh. And so I'm going to talk tonight about seven things that will happen as we fast together over the next 10 days. Seven things. The first one is that you will get on fire for God. Fasting is about denying ourselves physically so that we spiritually come alive. We're pri- instead of prioritizing our physical world, we're priori- prioritizing our spiritual world. You might, you know what, for some people, you're, this is not about a diet. That's not the aim. You might lose some weight. Some of you don't want to lose weight. You're trying to get massive gains right now. You're like, oh, fasting is going to miss out on my gains for the next 10 days. It's okay because getting on fire spiritually is more important than your, than your muscle gains over the next 10 days. Fasting is where you go without food of some sort. I said this this morning. Fasting literally means covering your mouth. So, you know, although we use the words a social media fast or a TV fast or a a fasting of something that distracts your time, essentially biblical fasting is fasting some kind of food. And you might add to it a social media fast so you can spend more time in prayer and the Word. You might add to it a fast of the things that distract you. But in essence, there, there are a few types of fasts. There's a full fast where you go on liquids only. There's a partial fast where you, often called a Daniel fast, where you might just eat fruit and vegetables and go without everything and liquids again. And and liquids doesn't necessarily mean all all of your favorite foods in the blender that you eat. Okay, just to be clear right there. Uh, uh, So so there's you going with fruit and vegetables. Some people go, hey, I've got some manual labor, so I I need some strength. So they kind of add brown rice or something to the mix. Uh, And, 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 you know, quite frankly, the the only time you find Danielle and I at V, vegan style restaurants is during a fast. And there's actually quite some yummy things that you can find at a vegan restaurant. Who knew? Anyway, there you go. Who knew? Who knew? So, so this is the, this is the kind of fast you can do. You can fast, um, you know, a meal a day, two meals a day. You can fast from sunup to sundown. There's all sorts of different fasts. I'm praying tonight the Holy Spirit will speak to you about what He wants you to do, and it will be individual, not a competition, not comparing with anybody else, but something that's going to launch you into your spiritual destiny with God, okay? Fasting gets you on fire for God. It will get you closer to God. That's the first thing that will happen when you fast. The second, uh, oh, can I just encourage you even in the process of this to three things the first one is write a fasting plan make your decision before we start the fast tomorrow about what you're going to go without because you'll find by day three your brain's going to tell you all sorts of crazy things about oh no you didn't really commit to to not eating chicken you didn't really you know you'll, you'll the devil will come and attack you so write it down at the outset you know day nine will come and you're like oh come on I'm almost there I'll just eat no write it down and stick to it, okay? A fasting plan. Write a prayer plan down. What, how am I going to not just, because going without food, but not adding prayer to it means you're missing out on a big part of the power of fasting. So I often write prayer goals. I want to pray for this amount of time over the next 10 days. How many, how many hours? How many minutes? What would you like to pray? You might pray 10 minutes a day and you want to pray for 20 minutes a day. You might want to say, I'm going to come to three of the prayer meetings in the morning uh, and I'm going to come to United and the night of prayer and worship. So write down a prayer commitment at the outset. I'm committing to this. So I'm taking this. Um, there's the food fasting. There's the, the others that are distractions that I'm taking out. And then I'm going to add the prayer goal in in this and then the third thing is what are the breakthroughs that you want what are the actual things that you would like God to do for you write them down at the beginning of the fast all right we're doing okay 
All right, so that, that's the first thing is seven things that will happen is one, you'll get on fire for God. Two, you'll see salvations of friends and family. Salvation, make, make it a focus, but you'll see salvations of friends and family. A number of years ago, I got, I've got um, three adopted brothers and sisters who are quite a bit older than me. And a number of years ago, I said uh, I was in a season of seeking God. And I set a goal to pray a certain amount of hours in a month. And I got to the last weekend, and Danny was away in Sydney at a, at a conference, and I got to the last weekend, and like a good ex-university student, I realized to hit my goal, I'd have to pull an all-nighter. So I'm like, all right, if I'm going to hit that goal, okay, here we go. We, and it's a Friday night, and so I began to pray. And there's a power when you set, it's like you set a goal, but God comes in and he begins to partner with you in that goal. And so there's a power. And so I began to pray at 7 o'clock on a Friday night. And I began to pray and something went, just got on me. And I began to pray in the spirit. I began to pray in my heavenly language. But it wasn't like normal. It wasn't like I'm making a decision to do this. God, would you come and join in? It was like me. And and it was like the Holy Spirit was praying through me. It just was so strong. It's like, wow, this is easy. I hope all night goes like this. I'm praying, and I'm like, I've got no idea what I'm praying for right now. But I'm praying so strong. It's like the Bible talks about where the Holy Spirit makes intercession through you. This was what was going on. I'm praying, I'm praying, 7 o'clock till 8 o'clock. And I'm like, this is awesome. You know, I can feel God. I feel like I'm fighting for something. I feel like I'm interceding for something. I don't know what it is. 8 o'clock till 9 o'clock. For two hours, this thing came on me. It's never been on me like that in the same sense for that period of time. But this particular night, I did from 7 till 9. And then the rest of the night, I prayed through, and it was hard work. And can I tell you, sometimes prayer is just hard work. And you don't know what's happening or what's shifting, but you're, you're pushing on things and moving things and releasing God to do things. And sometimes it's like there's a flow on it, and other times it's hard work. It doesn't mean either's right or wrong. Both are equally important. But if you don't set the time or the focus, you won't see what I saw happen that night. The next morning, I woke up and I had all these missed phone calls. And eventually someone got on to me and said, last night, your sister died. I'm like, no way. And I knew she'd been not well. She's about, probably about 50-something. I knew she'd been not well. She'd suffered from kidney problems for years. She'd been brought up by my parents who'd been missionaries. And she'd kind of walked away from God and lived a, like a very, very rough lifestyle in, 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 in Melbourne. And, uh, and she'd always knew what her roots were. My parents were praying for her. And so I'm like, no, what, what happened? What happened? And then the, the story came out. Well, it's actually okay. Because last night at 7 o'clock, my, my other sister's pastor said, God's going to take your sister Trish, and she's going she's to die tonight. So we need to go and see her and get her right with God. Thank God for someone who hears God. So he sent another friend of the family who went to see her, and she was so sick in the car she couldn't, she couldn't get out of the car. But from 7 o'clock till 9 o'clock, Victor led her to Christ. She repented of all of this stuff she'd done over two hours. She just kept repenting and repenting and repenting of all of this stuff, God. She got gloriously right with God. At the end of it, as, they, as she came inside, they thought that she got healed because she felt so light. 
She felt so good. She felt so light. But then in the early hours of the morning, Jesus took her to be with him. And, and he, here's the thing. I had no idea. But you got to understand this. When God wants to move on planet Earth, he does it through the prayers of the saints. He doesn't do it independently of the prayers. He does it through the prayers. And so I realized that's... The Holy Spirit was interceding for her. He needed to intercede for her, but he needed a mouth and he needed someone who would be involved. And I got the privilege of being that person while someone else got the privilege of leading her to Christ. Your friends and your families, if you make the focus of prayer, will come to Christ. It will be one of the breakthroughs. That's number two. You get on fire for God. Salvation of friends and family. Number three is health and healing. Health and healing will be unlocked during a time of fasting. If you're uh, suffering from recurring sickness and recurring uh, physical issues, then make that a goal that while we're fasting, that you're believing God for supernatural healing. I've got a great scripture in Psalm chapter 30, verse 1 to 2. It says this, I will exalt you, Lord, for you rescued me. You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you restored my health. If you've been facing sickness issues and battles for a while, that scripture, you can have it. I'm, I'm going to let you have it. Okay, it is a, a scripture that we're holding on to, but I'm prepared to share it here tonight. Very generous, right? Psalm 31 to 2. Uh, Danielle's brother for, for, and his wife had one baby. It was a miracle baby. They kept trying for a number. For, for quite a while, we're told there was no way they were going to have a baby. They set themselves for a month, I think it was, to fast, to go, to, to, to go on a, a Daniel fast of fruit and veggies only for a month. And they began to seek God, and they had some scriptures that God had given him, uh, given them, and they began to remind God of the promises that he'd given them. And so prayer, uh, prayer supercharges, is supercharged by your fasting. And so at the end of this period of time, it was within months, they got pregnant with their second baby. We went to the, de the dedication of this baby. It was a glorious moment but be because we knew they'd fought for this baby in the spiritual realm and God had answered their prayers when they cried out to him. So uh, health and healing will be released during a fast. All right, number four, uh, overcoming and breaking poverty. Maybe, maybe you've struggled with financial issues and not being able to really break out of a, a cycle of poverty in your life. Fasting can be one of the things when you add it to prayer and the Word of God that breaks the ceilings of finances over your world. Just go for that and believe God for that. Is anyone saying amen here tonight? Amen. amen. All right. A number five. Okay, number five is fasting it will help defeat demonic strongholds. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's pull this, pull this one here. Verse 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. If we can, if we got that one, all right, we're going to get that up there. It says, therefore, though we walk in the flesh. Okay, so in this context, that means we live in a, a physical body. Okay, that's not that we're, we're uh, living according to the, the needs of our flesh. We just, although we walk in a physical body, we do not war according to the flesh. So we're, basically what that's saying is we live in a natural body, we're a natural human being, but the warfare that we have is not natural. Okay, next verse, it says this, For the weapons of our warfare, 
So you're like, well, who are we at war with? What's the war all about? The war is with demonic powers that lock up our lives and with sickness and poverty and all sorts of things that lock us up with thinking and strongholds and thought patterns. So the warfare is with those. The weapons of our warfare are things like giving, prayer, and fasting. They're the weapons that God gives us to fight our warfare. The weapons of our warfare, and there are others, but they are not carnal, which means they're not natural but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Next verse. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. There are demonic strongholds that will get around our lives that lock us up. A stronghold is like a, if, when we visited England, we would see castles old castles, and they were called a stronghold. They were a place where nothing could get in because of these, these uh, walls and because of the moats and all that they designed. And, and, and that's what the enemy's plan is, is to put strongholds around your life and around your mind so that God's best can't get in. And so the weapons of our warfare... The, the power of fasting is this is what's going to happen over the next 10 days. Demonic strongholds that have locked you up for, for years and that have locked up your family and your generations for years are going to be broken through the power of prayer and fasting. So you go, well, what, what sort of things can be broken? Well, here we go. Addictions can be broken. So addictions that are, that are uh, anchored in demonic strongholds, sexual addictions, substance addictions, gambling addictions, alcohol addictions, food addictions, they can be broken by the power of prayer and fasting. What else can be broken? Generational curses. Things that you're like, oh, well, my family have always suffered with anxiety. My dad suffered with anxiety. My papa uh, suffered with anxiety. So it's just one of the things that I'm going to have to put up with. No. When you got born again, you got a new generational line, the line of Jesus Christ. And he has the power to break those things that you've always put up with. Oh, my dad died at a heart attack in 50, and his dad died at a heart attack in 50. So maybe that's what I'm going to... No, you can break that generational curse over your life, over your family. One, by knowing who you are in Christ. And two, by taking prayer and fasting and going, no, I'm breaking strongholds that have been around my family for years. My, someone in my family's always got divorced. Someone in my family, there's been a breakdown of marriages. I'm not sure if I can break free from that. Well, why don't you get some prayer and fasting going on and br- pull down the strongholds that have been around your family, around your family line. There's been mental illnesses. There's been affairs. There's been these things that, that, we've, that I've seen and watched and, and I fear them. Can I tell you, you can get set free from the fear through prayer and fasting, letting God get deep down and break the chains that would hold you to the past. Fears. The Bible talks about a spirit of heaviness. Sometimes there are practical things that we can do to get free from depression, okay? Sometimes there's practical things like, like exercise, uh, like, like the people we hang around, the places we go, that, that can get, us, get heaviness off us. Sometimes there's that. Sometimes we need to work on our thought life and, and begin to, to um, deal with the, the, the pervasive thoughts that, that negatively attack us 
And we need to actually replace those thoughts with what God says so that we, if the Bible says anxiety in the heart of a man weighs him down, but a good word builds him up. So we get a good word from God and we begin to speak that good word and that replaces the old negative thoughts and that stops us from going into a depressive cycle. Okay, now sometimes, uh, so, so we've got that, we've got, okay, sometimes sin causes us to be depressed. I know that's not particularly popular, but actually we've done the wrong thing, we've got guilt about the wrong thing, and because of that guilt, we go, we go down into a, a downward spiral of heaviness and depression, and so we, and if you're a Christian, you can, this can, you can experience this, so the way to deal with it is actually to confess it to God, realize that the blood of Jesus washes us clean from all of our sin, and then come back at the enemy and say, I'm cleansed and I'm righteous, and I've dealt with that thing because Jesus dealt with it at the cross, but I've broken that spirit of heaviness, okay, that that, that cause of heaviness. There are other things, but sometimes the cause of heaviness in your life, depression and, and, and weighing down, is, and is none other than a spirit of heaviness. And, that, and so when we've got a spirit of heaviness, we've got to realize the Bible says put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Sometimes if we've been living in a cycle of depression and heaviness, the, the, the only way we can break it sometimes is through a spiritual answer. And the, the spiritual answer is the pulling down of strongholds and prayer and fasting has the power to break the spirit of heaviness of our life. So some people are going to see that happen over the next little while. This is de uh, defeating demonic strongholds. That's number five. We're going okay here tonight. Uh, uh, Jesus talked like this. He said uh, after a young man was healed of an ongoing recurring sickness, he would have seizures and would a demon would throw him into the fire. They, and the disciples, they tried to pray for it and he didn't get healed. Have you ever tried to pray for something and it just didn't stop? And you're like, God, come on, set me free. God, change this circumstance. God, do something in this situation. And, and they, they did that. And they had the power of God on them. They had the authority from Jesus, but it didn't change. And Jesus said, well, it was your unbelief. And he said, this type, this situation only changes with prayer and fasting. Some miracles happen because of your associations, but others, you've got to dig a deep well in your own life through prayer and fasting, and then you will get breakthrough. And sometimes it's the only way to break through on a certain issue. Prayer and fasting. All right. We're doing good here tonight, aren't we? Defeating demonic strongholds. I always like to, if that's particularly what I'm going for, is to name it. I write it down. This is the breakthrough I'm believing for. I want to break the poverty curse. I want to break the anxiety curse. I want to break the depression curse. I want to break the, the, the marriage breakup, whatever it might be. Write it down. Be clear about it and bring it before God and don't pray floppy prayers. Oh, and that's actually why, can I, let's, let's be just really honest here. That's why you've got to get to prayer meetings. Because I'm telling you, it's, floppy prayers is so easy to do when you're on your own. Like, just so easy. Like, God, I'm hungry. God, I've got a headache. Like, you know, just let's be real about fasting, okay? You, you hear people go, oh, it's awesome. You draw close to God and you feel so on fire part of the time. And it will change you long term. But some of, so some of the time, the Bible, the Bible's coming alive. It's amazing. You're experiencing the presence. Worship's easy. When you're praying, you, you know, and you push through the physical, you get into the spirit a lot easier. That's some of the time. 
And some of the time you're like, I tried to stand up, I almost fell over. I, I feel like beating up everybody in the house because I'm so cranky. I feel really annoyed. I don't know why I'm really annoyed. I'm supposed to be spiritually on fire. What's going on? I'm annoyed. Everyone's doing the wrong thing. What is that? That's, that's just your body detoxing. You get headaches. Like, you know, this is the love-hate relationship for me tomorrow. I'm like, oh, oh. I know it's going to start out awesome with the prayer meeting, but I know my body is just going to go, goodbye, sugar. Goodbye, stuff. Where is that? And my body's going to go, where is that? What are you doing to me? That's okay. I'm like, and I'm, I'm going to go, hey, flesh, I'm the captain now. <laughs> I'm in charge. I'm in charge of my body. You're not going to rule me. My spirit's going to rule you, flesh. So sit down and shut up. We're going to pray. We're going to read the Bible. We're going to listen to worship. I'm in charge here. I'm not going to let my flesh dominate and drag me all over the world doing this or doing that. I'm in charge. You're in charge of your Don't let your flesh determine your life. Let your spirit determine your life. You're in charge. So you'll make that, and but you'll have it. Your, your tongue might get coated with white after a day of fasting. You might have bad breath, all, all sorts of things. Be aware of it, be, understand it, but don't let it stop you because something spiritual and powerful is going to happen. All right, number six, uh, revelation and wisdom is going to come to you. Acts chapter 13, verse 14 was when Paul and Barnabas set some time aside for prayer and fasting and, and pretty much as a result of this time, the Holy Spirit spoke to them and the gospel went to the ends of the earth. Can I get the musicians all to come on up right now, if you would? We're coming to a close. You'll find that God will speak to you more than he ever speaks to you through, through a season of prayer and fasting. The Bible does come alive more. You'll hear God whisper. You might dream clearer dreams from God. You might see clearer pictures Worship will get more heartfelt. It'll get easier. But revelation and wisdom is number six. Revelation and wisdom will come to you. If you, need to, if you need to make a major decision for your life, it's a good principle. You don't need a church fast to do this, to always have some prayer and fasting when you're making a major decision so that you can just eliminate all the distractions and hear God. The last thing is breakthroughs will happen. Miracles are going to happen in your life as a result of prayer and fasting. I want us to stand on our feet together right now. Miracles will happen. As a church, we're believing for three things. So if you're a member of this church and you're fasting, we're believing for three things. One, for an increase in salvations. We want to see a thousand people a year turn to Jesus Christ and begin a relationship that will transform their lives. Two, we want to see an increase of miracles right throughout our church. An increase in your life and your friend's life. And everybody in our church will, will see a, an increase of God's power moving. And the third thing we'll see is a miracle for our, our, our land. On the day eight of our fast, we have a meeting with council about the zoning for our land in Rainforest Drive that we own. And that zoning is pivotal in the value of that land and in the plan that we have. So this is a very significant timing for us to fast. So on day, day eight, we're praying, God, give us favor for a rezone of that land according to the plans that we're submitting. And I might talk a bit more about this at United on Wednesday night so that we can sell it. And then we're believing God to give us power road. We're moving into the power zone, church. Give us power road. We've identified a block of land there that we want to buy. And it can be the will of God 
It can be God's plan, but it's prayer and fasting that releases God's will into our lives together right now. I want us just to pray in the Spirit just together for 60 seconds right now. Let's just pray. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Awesome, awesome. Just for a moment, just bring it down, eyes closed. If God's speaking to you about fasting over the next 10 days, and I found I came in to this weekend with an idea of what I was going to do, but the Holy Spirit changed that idea and He kind of uh, ramped it up a little more than I was intending. So whatever, if your heart's open to God, what's, what's He saying? If you're saying, okay, I'm in, I'm going to be fasting in some form over the next 10 days, I want you just to raise your hand and say, I'm in, I'm in. I'm going to make the sacrifice because I want the spiritual power. I'm going to make the sacrifice because I want to see God move in my life. Fantastic. So many people right across the room. God, I pray that there would be upon us as we fast a grace. Make it easier for us, Holy Spirit. Help us as we seek you and put you first. In Jesus' name.